Hey guys, welcome back. Since we were last with you, there have been two mass shootings in this country. On March 16th, eight people were killed in Atlanta. Seven of them were women and six of Asian descent. The killings in Atlanta really invoke a mixture of racism, sexism, and classism. And then on March 22nd, 10 people were killed in a grocery store in Boulder, Colorado, where the police were able to apprehend the murderer. And <laughs> the interesting thing is with all of this is that there have been comparisons that have been invoked with the murder of Elijah McClain, a young man who was killed by the police for walking home and looking suspicious. Anytime we see somebody walking away after murdering, um, you know, 10 plus people, usually it's a white person, it evokes some kind of emotion, especially when a person of color um, did not have that same opportunity to be walking peacefully in handcuffs. Um, so needless to say, we are tired, tired, pandemic, mass killings. And so today we're going to talk about caring for ourselves and each other. So Catherine, I'm going to jump in with you. How are you feeling? How are you caring for yourself? Um, what's going on with you right now? Yeah, so I, well, first I want to say that the killer in Boulder, I think he is white presenting. He might be Muslim, but I think the, the sentiment still stands. There still seems to be um, this ability to apprehend certain kinds of um killers or suspects in a way that oftentimes, um, you know, African-Americans don't get that same sort of benefit of the doubt. And I think that just is, it's disheartening. Um, I would say this morning I woke up, I was just so tired. Like I'm just tired. I think the pandemic, I think the mass killings, the, um, just like the weight of like conversations online and just, you know, and just like regular life stuff, like of just being like a grad student. And so, um, you know, we didn't have spring break this year. You know, we're going like straight through, which in hindsight, guys, student college students need spring break. Grad students need spring break. That's real. Um, and, you know, and so I think that exhaustion, I think today, like how I'm caring for myself and it changes from day to day. Um, I am not listening to the news. I'm not turning on CNN. Um, I've listening, been listening to a lot of like praise and worship. Um, I also think diet for me like is um, an increasingly part of how I'm caring for myself and not like diet in a like, oh, I'm like going to starve myself, but just like making sure I'm eating fruits and vegetables. I'm drinking water like that really does affect um, my mood. And I think, you know, I have picked up some you know, pandemic weight. And I just, I think just like bad habits, um, with food. And so really trying to, um, care for myself physically in addition to caring for myself, like emotionally and spiritually. And I think oftentimes, I don't know if you struggle with this, but I feel like sometimes we're black women, like physically caring for yourself is usually the last so thing on hard. List. And so trying to be like, that is a big part of um, my self-care practice. What about you? How are you feeling? How are you caring for yourself? I am feeling weary, um, but hopeful. And um, I just think 
this past year has been a lot. This year has been a lot. This month has been a lot. So um, there's just been a lot going on in life um, for me. And so I'm feeling a little bit weary and tender. Um, And so how am I caring for myself? Well, interestingly enough, I also am kind of just on this journey of what does it look like for me to care for myself? I think as a Black woman, it's easy to put yourself in this, like, I have to do it all and be it all um, mentality. And sometimes caring for ourselves is the last thing. And so um, I'm trying to get back to doing more walks and I'm just taking those moments to myself. Um, Sometimes it proves to be a little bit more difficult than I would like to say that it is. Um, Yeah. You know, because I like to exercise, but I don't like to exercise. But I really do need to take the time to, like, clear my head and just, like, have that moment of peace. And so that's one way I'm caring for myself. Definitely trying to drink more water. Um, Really talking to, like, close friends and family, which has been good to just, like, you know, keep up with people and um, things like that. So that's been really um, feeding my soul lately. So um, those are the things. Also, reading the book that Catherine recommended last time we talked, um, Showing Mary by Dr. Renita Weems, which I swear is just like my whole life right now. But it is um, such a good book. So grab it if you haven't. Um, that quote was incredible. And I meant what I said when I <laughs> meant that I was going to write it down and go and buy it. So that's me right now. Yeah, no, I think I think that's right. I think, um, you know, I was thinking um in a class yesterday, we were talking about this idea of like freedom and bondage and how even part of being free, I think for all people, but I think even for Christians, I think part of like this idea of like, if you believe it, believe that you were created by God, part of being a creature is accepting limits. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like to like what you're saying, like part of like caring for myself in the season is accepting those limits and living into them and telling people, no, I cannot do that. (laughs) Or no, I cannot meet that deadline. Or today is like, even like sometimes with family and family expectations of saying like, I need a mental health day. I am like not available. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like feeling okay that you can't carry the weight of the world and everything and all the things that you need to to get done. Um, So we've talked, I think, in season one, maybe about self care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that we need to have a conversation about community care and soul care. And I saw this quote recently from two guests on Brene Brown's podcast where they said the cure for burnout isn't and can't be self care, it has to be all of us caring for each other. So the first question is how do you like your community of folks to care for you? And do you find it easy to ask for help? Why or what are the reasons why you might struggle to ask for help? I like to be cared for just when people do thoughtful things for me. And sometimes I don't even have to like, it's like unexpected. Or when people give me things like massages, gift cards, you know, to like a massage place or something relaxing because um, I love those types of things. And just somebody thinking of me just randomly, um, just even if it's a kind word or text, like those words of affirmation really mean a lot to me. I do not find it easy to ask for help. Um, It is not easy for me to ask for help, which is also why I'm like tying back into like caring for my physical body and mind and soul because um, I tend to try to do it all. And I'm just at a place in a season of my life where that is just not 
possible anymore. And um, not only that, it's just not healthy. You know, I spent my 20s doing like 10 different things at all times and always being busy and running hard and fast. And so, you know, 10 years later, it's like, oh, wait, it's like, I need to actually like evaluate what I want to pour myself into um, and just like prioritize my time differently, you know, um, and really give my um, mind space to rest. Um, sometimes I find my, that my mind is just racing with all the things to do. And so that's what I would say why I think it's hard for me. But thankfully, I have friends that know me well and will do things for me that they know I need or show up for me in ways. And I am learning to do better at telling my friends, hey, I need help. Hey, I need support. And um, that is something I've been working on being more vulnerable with. And um, yeah, I mean, some friends got me a subscription to Therabox for three months um, because I talked to them about, hey, this has been a little bit rough um, start to the year. And so that was their way of like, you know, helping to care for me or buy me food or things like that. And so it was really thoughtful. What about you? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's great. Um, I like to be cared for. I appreciate the thoughtful like text, but I don't really. Okay, this is going to be challenging to say. I don't really get a ton out of words of affirmation. I have no problem giving them to other people, but like that's just not like my particular way of being cared for. Mm -hmm. I would rather have like acts of service. So like sending me flowers or gift cards to have coffee or a book. Mm -hmm. Um or a, I also don't like surprises, so I don't, so like it's stressful for me, <laughs> like the random like pop up without the call first to be like, hey, I'd like to drop off food. Like I want, like, please, like, tell me my boundary and tell me you're coming. Like, that's so sweet. And I would love that, like that active service, but I also need you to tell me that you're coming. Um, and yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate that. I also really don't, I also like, so I don't like words of affirmation, but I do really feel like love feeling like I'm being listened to without um, like you trying to fix my problem or yeah. like judgment. And so just like the opportunity to just like say like however I'm feeling without having to filter myself or just like someone who would just like sit with me and like you don't have to do anything like let's just like you don't have to say anything like just um because like for me sometimes I think words of aff affirmation and I know this isn't people's intent it can come across as like like um either minimizing or just like empty platitudes and it's just like I don't need like the only person I'm trying to hear from right now when I'm upset is Jesus like that's real I'm just like you know I can you know um and so that's the I think that's probably you know where I am in terms of how I like to be cared for by my community um do I think I'm I it's easy for me to ask for help I don't know and probably not I like to work my problems out on my own uh -huh. <laughs> um I like to work my problems out on my own and I like to listen to other people and help them work their problems out. So I feel like I, my own issues are always like the last thing I want to talk about. And it's like, or I'll, I'll do this thing where it's like, we're having this like conversation about something going on in your life. And then I'll like randomly throw something in there and be like, okay, well, bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like not to like get into it with people. And it's, and the older I get, the more I realize like that I, I do do this. Like I, um, I do not open myself up to a lot of people and even to the people I would consider myself to be pretty open with. I still am like open with limitations, open with limitations. And I think which is why I think for me the other way, like I like counseling is like has been 
helpful and like I'm we're such an advocate of that um because it, it is someone who just like listens to you yes. um they don't you know like without there's some judgment but like they don't know the people in your life and they are really there to just like help you get out you know whatever you kind of want out of the situation yeah and I feel like they just see it's a, like a helpful outside perspective mm-hmm. um so, yeah, I, I really struggle, I think, with asking for, asking for help because I just always am like, I am just so I have a tendency to be like, well, it's not that bad. Like, I it's fine. I can do it. I can get through it, you know, like to minimize. Um, and so, yeah, working on being like, well, you know, I have problems, too, and I don't have to minimize. And I yes, you can get through. But is that all that you want to do is right. just get through it, you know? Um, so, yeah. So that would be my (laughs) challenge with asking for help that's real so we have like all kind of people who listen to the podcast um and you know let's say there's somebody who's listening that's struggling to self-advocate you know or maybe feels like i feel a little alone right now um or doesn't know how to get um the help that they need like what would you say to them like whether it's encouragement advice your own thoughts like about that Yeah. I mean, I think it can be like, this is why counseling can be helpful. I think Mm -hmm. especially if there's some like shame, like you feel like you're in a place where maybe you can't share whatever it is like publicly just yet. So I think starting with a counselor and letting that be the first person that you go to for, for care, um, and opening up to them. And I think, you know, um, Like, don't be afraid. I think, you know, for all I said about, like, you know, struggling to, like, ask my friends for help, it's realizing you're not a burden. Like, the people in your in your life, in your community, like, love you, your friends, your family. They, like, love, love, love you. And part of being loved is, like, and then part of showing love and part of being loved is should be the ability to be open and be vulnerable. And you should have people in your life that you don't because sometimes I think people struggle because it's like I don't know the perfect way to say what I'm feeling like this this sounds right. bad or it's like a half-baked idea and it's like well that shouldn't matter you know to the right. people that like love you like you should be able to say however you're feeling and and you know even if it is a half-baked idea that they'll just like listen until the words come mm-hmm. um and so I think don't allow like not being able to perfectly articulate your feelings keep you from sharing with people how you're feeling um I went to a vigil uh for um among just like AAPI community and I was really struck by just the space they gave each other to just like get up and stumble through their words and like Mm. not be like you know we're gonna sit here like if you just need to cry and that's all that you can get out right now and like like that's okay. And we're going to like sit here and just like pray and like be in silence. And like, there was not this expectation that you like get up and give this like perfectly polished speech. Mm. Some people could do that, but I think, you know, I think sometimes we don't share because we feel like we don't have the perfect words to say. And we don't say we don't need help because we don't know, you know, we don't know what we need. And so we just stay silent. And I just think creating space for the people in your life who love you Mm to just be there even if you can't say it perfectly even if you don't know what you need like that's that's okay too and like you're deserving of care and community care um and soul care even if you can't articulate perfectly what you need 
What about you? What would you say? Oh, I love that. I love what you said so much because far too often, like you're saying, we feel like we have to have a put together answer and there's no room for vulnerability. There's no room for um, stumbling over our words to be able to communicate what it is we need. And if you're not in the habit of doing that, then it is going to be hard for you. You are going to struggle. You are going to stumble over your words and you do need people in your life that are going to be patient with you as you figure that out. It's easy for me to do it with my family because we're all so close. Um, and, and I'm getting a lot better with my closer friends. But once you get like outside of that like realm of people, um, then I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, and so I just think that you know, for me, it's just, you know, one of the ways to self-advocate is first to acknowledge something's not right. I think that there's some things that aren't right with me right now, and I need to, um, you know, deal with myself and sit with myself and heal. There's nothing wrong with saying that. You know, I'm definitely in that season, you know, now my own self, like, oh my goodness, there's some things I really need to deal with and heal. And, um, it's very vulnerable to say that um, because people have a lot of expectations for you. Um, or as a black woman, it's like, no, you should be fine. You're superwoman. You can do this. You can do that. And, you know, um, as a social worker, I'm not naive. You know, I know my own self and I know my own trigger points. And when I'm like, you know what, I need to definitely <laughs> be booking a session with my therapist to talk through these things. And you know what, it's not going to take just one session. It's going to take maybe five or six, you know. And so um, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that. And um, I wish we made more space for the freedom to self-advocate. Um, I wish that it was um, people felt it was more okay to say, hey, I am not okay right now. Um, that's okay. And I think, especially as women, there's so much pressure for us to do and be everything to everyone that sometimes we just don't allow ourselves the freedom to say, you know what, I need to rest, or you know what, I need to heal, or I'm not okay, or you know what, I need to be healthier. I want to drink more water, or you know what, I see some yeah. things that I want to change in my life. I want to do those things. And so yeah. um, sometimes it's just simple little things that you want to do just for yourself, and it doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. And so um, I think that's a way of self, you know, advocating. So that's what I would say. Yeah, I think that's right. I also think, you know, something you said, like, I love the statements that you made of like, I need help or I need to drink more water without equivocating. Because I think the other thing that keeps us from self-advocating is the thing I was talking about where it's like, well, I'm OK. Like, it's not really that bad or I don't I shouldn't feel that upset about, you know, what happened in Atlanta because, you know, I live in Texas or, you know, whatever the things that you do to negate your own feelings. Like, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm going to say it again because I think it applies. My counselor once told me, like, Catherine, you feel your feelings and they're just feelings like it's OK. Like you don't have to kind of him and haw and like create these like 10 things of like why you really shouldn't be feeling the way you feel. Like allow yourself to feel your feelings. I think that's to Faith's point, a really great way to self-advocate is to start with how are you actually feeling without ifs, ands, and buts or preconditions. And then you can like move into like articulating that to, to it'll help you articulate that to other people. Um, so speaking of community care, Faith, how do you care for other people? What are some like simple ways that you can think of to show care? 
I like to care for people in tangible ways. So for me, sometimes that's like the gift of presence, um, being present with someone um, whenever they are like in need or like they're having like a tough moment. Like I would like to be there with them if they, if I can help it, um, just to be there physically present. But if not, then whether it's like sending them some food or a gift card or buying groceries if they're sick and having them sent to their house, um, um, just talking or listening if they need something. Um, those are really tangible ways for me. I like to be there for people. Um, it means a lot to me to be a good friend. Um, if I can be, um, I'm not perfect at it. You know, there's sometimes when I definitely miss the mark on showing up for people, but um, those are the ways that I do like to care for others. What about you? Yeah, I think presents. I mean, like, I like to write notes and like, oh, send you're cards so in the good mail. at that. I love your yeah. snail mail. Yeah, I because people don't get mail very much um, anymore. I have learned that I have to like text friends and tell them like, hey, I sent you something because people don't check their mail that often. It's not like like my parents. I just like crack up, like check their mail every day. And I have fr- like I think about myself and my friends. Like if I check my mail once a week, I'm doing a really yeah, good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I do. But I love doing that because I think to the when you our generation, when you do get snail mail it's mainly like bills or something like that and then to have a card from a friend that is just like hey I'm thinking about you I think is just you know a nice like someone is thinking about me like meaningfully enough to like buy a card send a stamp go to the post office drive by the post office whatever um so I really love sending cards for to people I think also too like one thing I like I underestimate is because I'm not a words of affirmation person is words of affirmation to people Mm -hmm. um and just like texting friends if I can't send a card like texting and it's like hey I know you're having a really hard time right now um and sometimes I say like I don't have the words but I just want you to know that I'm thinking of you I care Mm -hmm. about what you're going through or what's happening to you um and then just like giving people that space and like oftentimes I get back that it's like it doesn't matter, um, you know, what you say. The fact that you sent me a text to say that you care right. is meaningful enough. So um, so that's what I would say. I would say, yeah, I like to – I simple ways, I think, sending cards, sending a text message. Um, I do have, like, my mom sort of tried and true <laughs> – when I live in proximity to people is our sort of family thing is chicken spaghetti. And like you, we have like a family recipe. And so, uh, (laughs) you know, taking chicken spaghetti to people. And so, um, but yeah, I think that's the way I like love to show like care. Okay, so we're going to shift gears a little bit as we're like starting to, you know, land the plane here. But since this week has been going on, there's been a lot of talk um, from people about like, you know, what am I supposed to say whenever uh, mass shootings happen or racist violence occurs? I'm feeling a little bit, you know, um, you know, like I don't have the words to say. And I've heard some people say, well, um, if you are a white person, typically it's like, well, should I speak up or should I not speak up? Um, and then sometimes when I do speak up, people say I shouldn't speak up. So then now I don't know what to say or I don't want to be virtue signaling or I don't want to look like I'm being performative. And so 
I just want to say, first of all, bless your hearts. I get it. You're trying to learn a lot, and it is a lot. Um, but um, Catherine, like, what are some ideas on how you can um, help people respond um, who are struggling to find the words? And then, you know, what do you say whenever you're struggling to find the words? Because there's been a lot of moments this year. Yeah, I think so. I will go back to you if you don't have the words to say, simply say, um, I see that something has happened. I recognize that this has happened or and I don't know what to say, but I want you to know that I care and I care about you. And is there something you need? How can I support you? I feel like that's kind of like universal when people are grieving, mm -hmm. like whether it's a loved one or whatever. And I feel like sometimes people forget like just these simple, like how do you respond when a friend's like loved one dies? Like right. that sort of um, care for people, it, you know, can some of it can be translated. I would say that. Yeah. Um, I would also say, like, you know, to our white brothers and sisters who might be listening, like, no one expects you to fix whatever has happened in the world. Like, you're not Jesus. Like, you're not God. You don't have any sort of, like, power to, like, on your own sort of speak the words and all these sort of, like, demonic things fall down. So, like, just take that pressure off yourself. Like, that's not what people are looking for. Um and I would say, you know, if you're someone who's just posting on social media, but you never text or call the real people in your life when these things are happening, like that maybe is like a gut check, right? Like maybe you don't need to post on social media first. Maybe you need to talk to the people of color in your life. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't have people of color in your life, like social media comments should be like pretty low on your list of priorities <laughs> of things that you need to do. Um and so, but I would say, you know, just to say something, like to even just say, you know, I see what has happened in Boulder in Atlanta, you know, uh, uh, you know, I saw what happened with George Floyd. Right. That's horrible. It shouldn't, that's a horrible thing. It should have never happened. Um, I don't, it, I would like to see a revolution of people saying, I don't know. You know why? Because it puts you in a position to learn. The posture of humility puts you in a position to learn to say that is horrible it should have never happened I don't know what to say I don't know what to do right. but I see this and I care and I know that I have some responsibility to act yeah I am working out what that looks like um and everybody's in a different place in your journey like you might know the 10 things you need to you know like I'm <laughs> really good at like researching okay it's like where can I give money right now like so let me just go at a minimum you know, what happened in Atlanta, you know, I am far away and I can't do anything, but I text my friends um, in my life who are Asian, of Asian descent, and then I donated money to several different yeah. organizations. Um, and so there are different ways to help. That's all I would say. I mean, you know, don't get caught up in analysis paralysis that you're just like so in your head, you don't do anything because you're going to say or do the wrong thing. I think accepting that what you post or what you say to your friends might be the wrong thing. Um, it might be the wrong thing, but like you got to go forward. Like if you're just afraid to do anything, um, you're never going to learn. You're never going to grow. Yeah, that's really good. I don't really have much to add to that other than the fact that, you know, sometimes you can just simply say, I see you. Um, I see that you're grieving and you're hurting and I, you know, I don't know like all the right words to say, but 
I want to hold space for you. If you need anything, let me know. Or I bought you dinner and I'm, you know, Uber eating it to you or whatever, you know, um, simple things like that really do go a long way. And I think the other part of this, you know, I talked about this, um, how sometimes the silence from the white community is deafening is because, you know, you can see people of color grieving specifically in the AAPI community. And then, you know, you just see most white people going on like nothing happened. And it's like, wait a minute, like there's all these people grieving, you know, like it's really rough right now. And I think there's multiple factors for that, which we don't have time to get into. But what I'm saying and what many are saying is that for the broad, broad, overarching, you know, hear me now, because I think sometimes um, white folks sometimes tend to take things a little bit like personally when you're trying to explain like to the white community, hey, like your response. So if you individually are doing what you need to do, this message is not for you. you. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But overall, the overarching broad response from you know, white folks or even at churches was that people were not hearing from people. They weren't hearing from their friends. They weren't hearing from their pastor. They weren't hearing um, from people in their personal lives. And there's a lot of AAPI people who were talking about how they have, you know, you know, majority white friends in their lives. And nobody called them, nobody texted, nobody, you know, like it was just another day, another week. And so um, that's hurtful to people who are deeply grieving. And so that's when the simple response of, I see you. Um, And the other words that Catherine said go a long way. And so um, just hear that, you know, for people of color, when something happens, we are communal people in in terms of how we grieve. We're not individualistic in culture, which is, um, you know, more of how the Americanized culture is, which is more individualistic. But for us, it's not that way. And so um, I think sometimes it's hard for people to process when it's like, okay, everybody's enraged and upset again, but it's like we're communally grieving. And so um, I think it's a good time to also sit back and watch and learn from our communities and how we have solidarity with one another, how we lean on one another and how we do grieve together um, because it can be really healing. Yeah, I will say also to um, Faith did a really great post on Instagram um, and go to her Instagram feed um, on some things that you can say um, if you're just struggling to find the words. So um, Faith did a lot of the work for you. (laughs) Um, And I just think big a big thing when these things happen, especially if you're a person of color in a majority white space, is just feeling alone and erased and as if you're your pain or suffering doesn't matter. And Mm -hmm. so just like to Faith's point of saying, I see you, it it says, I agree with you, it matters. Even if I don't understand, it matters because you matter to me. Um, Okay, Um, I am reading Jesus and the Disinherited for one of my classes. This is a great book. If you have not read it, it's like 190 pages. And let me just say, Howard Thurman gets through a lot of things in 100 and less than 200 pages um but one of the things questions he asked that is always um piercing my mind as i'm reading um is yeah it's a rhetorical question but i think it's a good question um for us as people of faith to ask ourselves is there any hope to be found for the disinherited in the religion of jesus Um, And I say that to say maybe someone listening today and you feel disinherited because maybe your race or sex or some really horrible things that have happened to you that you can't change. 
Um, I know what I believe to be true, but I'm wondering for faith, maybe what do you think, is there hope to be found in Jesus from those of us who are weary from the weight of the world? I think that for me, I feel like there's always hope to be found in Jesus. Um, Sometimes it's hard, you know, to lean into, but I think it's kind of like that, you know, when you're going through a hard time or as a press sometimes, as I like to call it, um, like when I'm going through a press. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Um, You know, and also to you, not to interrupt, but that's like biblical. Um, I think of like Gideon when God found him and he was like, fearful he was in a press that's really good I'm gonna use that yeah I mean yeah when that's what I call it whenever I'm going through I'm like I'm going through a press right now um so whenever you are going through a press and you are feeling weary um let me just tell you that one of the ways that I have found hope and strength is to really speak you know the word of God Um, really start to declare scripture over my life and uh, really lean into prayer and worship and talking and communing with God and journaling Um, because I might not know in this present moment the outcome. I might not know in this present moment the solution, Um, but I do have hope that I'm trusting and leaning in and listening to a God who does know. And so... um, that is where my hope is found because, you know, life, people, we're human, people fail you, um, and you just have to get used to being disappointed sometimes. But man, God sees you, and He got you, and um, the Lord will, you know, definitely um, hold you up. So anyways, um, that's what I would say, and— Yeah, that's, I mean, that's about all I got on that one. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I do think, you know, I think of that verse in Matthew where it's like, I think the message version is like, come to me, you all that are tired and heavy, you know, Mm -hmm. um, feel overburdened and come learn sort of the unforced rhythms of grace, right? Like um, Jesus says like his yoke is easy and like to get under him, Um, because I do think part of it is we try to carry all the weight ourselves. Like we feel responsible, like we ourselves with our words, with our actions, with our lives have to dismantle racism or sexism, or we have to deal dismantle, you know, abusive systems or patterns in our family life or just family cycles. Like we feel the weight of responsibility. And I will say again, one of the benefits of being a creature created by God is that you realize you don't have to, right? Like right. you don't have to. Um, and and getting to like lean into that and rest and like you have maybe work to do. He's given you some portion, you know, in Adam, in, sorry, in Genesis, he says, you know, you know, to cultivate. So there's some, there's some cultivation that each of us are called to, mm-hmm. but, you know, just we each have our peace. And so I have hope, I think to your point of like, you know, I I cannot believe that all that I see is all there is to actually see. Mm-hmm. Um, that God is moving and working in ways that I cannot see. Um, that ultimately all these things will be made right. That does not absolve yeah. me of like responsibility to be like a faithful disciple. But I also think I can rest and I can sleep because I know God is not resting. He is not sleeping. Um, I think the hope in Jesus is that, you know, you are a child of God and he has a purpose for your life and a calling. 
um, and he loves you. Like there's, I feel like there's so much hope to be found in just like the love, um, the overwhelming love of, of Christ. And I think um, trusting, yeah, that God is, God is at work and all things are, are working together and maybe not, you don't feel that in your individual life, but maybe, you know, mm. thinking just of like the whole of humanity, the whole of community, um, God is bending, like, you know, Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. says he's bending the universe towards justice. Like there are some things that like, I'm sure that my grandmother, my great grandmother, my great, great grandmother prayed for that they did not see in their actual life. Um, but I feel like I am the result of those prayers and the things that mm-hmm. I get to ex- experience um, and see is because, you know, they are praying for me. And so I think thinking about that also too sort of relieves the burden. It's like, I'm in a, I'm in a chain of people, a chain of a community of faith. And we're all, you know, doing what God has called us to do, but that ultimately God is, is bending the universe, um, towards justice where all things will be made right. Well, we will all be brought into right relationship with him, I think, um, is something to, um, to have hope in both in the now and then the the sort of not yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Woo. What an episode. Listen, y'all, hang on, you weary souls. Um, I'm right there with you yet hanging on in the press. So um, truly, we will come through on the other side. And I am telling you, um, you know, if your character is being tested, you just need to just hang in there um, and keep trusting the Lord um, with your life. So we're going to get into Go Off Sis, okay? It is our favorite segment and yours. And so there's a lot of different things we could go off about. Um, we're going to try to be a little bit brief and succinct today, though. So, Catherine, what are you going to go off about today? Yes. So my mess is, so we've been talking about, the episode was focused on how to care for people. So I'm going to, my mess is going to be how not to care for people, okay. especially when you're confronted Um, by like racist actions or comments. And I'm going to use as my example, the women of the talk and Sharon Osbourne. Um, I don't know if you've seen this segment. It's been a few weeks now, but I think it's really instructive and I would encourage you um, to watch it so that you know what not to do. But essentially they're talking about the aftermath of like the Meghan and Harry interview and sort of Piers Morgan's Mm -hmm. like strange, really creepy obsession with Meghan Markle. Um, and Cheryl Underwood is asking Sharon, like, you're supporting him. You're saying he's your friend. But how do you respond to people that are hurt by your support because they feel like he's racist and he has racist actions? And at one point in the conversation, Sharon just, like, loses it and is like, educate me and is, like, screaming mm-hmm. at Cheryl Underwood and Elaine um, Wentworth, who I think is also the, the two African-American co-hosts and is like, and then she says to them, you better not cry. If anybody can cry, it's me. And it's just, and subsequently she's sort of kind of like defended her actions and saying that she's blindsided and she's apologized that she's not racist and all of these things. But I feel like in the moment, Cheryl Underwood is just trying to get her to acknowledge that Piers Morgan says hurtful things that people believe are racist or race-based like his criticism 
of Meghan Markle, he would not be going this hard if she were not a biracial woman. Right. And Cheryl Underwood is like so calm. And is this like Sharon Osbourne is just flipping out. And it's like she cannot take the moment to like listen to what's actually being said. Mm. And then just saying, you know, well, I wasn't aware whether or not she was aware. It sounds like she doesn't agree that he's a racist, which, you know, that's that's not the issue. The issue is, I mean, that is an issue. But the issue in the moment is how she reacted to her friend trying to say, hey, it looks like to people that you support this way of dealing with this this biracial this biracial woman. And all she had to say is like, well, I don't support that. Not mm-hmm. give me the evidence. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes when these incidents happen, the tendency is to fight or negate or say that it's not real. And I think, you know, Sharon Osbourne's reaction is a mess. And I hope that after today's episode, you have better tools to say, to take a breath, to say, you know, I, to be as aggressive and hostile in the face Mm -hmm. of someone who's coming to you as a friend to say, Hey, help me understand, help our audience understand instead of just like kind of taking that lifeline or taking that moment to be quiet and reflective, being hostile is a mess. Yeah. Um, my bless is, there's a story, I'm gonna link it in the show notes of this black woman from this church, Metropolitan Baptist Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Her uh, doctor, like I'm trying to find her name. Um, Dr. Wimberly, Older black woman has decided, decided a year ago when her church stopped meeting that she was going to dress up on Sundays like she was going to church anyway. I'm linking the story so you guys can see this woman's outfits. When I tell you mama was dressed, hat, matching suit. Okay. And I have to say, um, Zoom church has been hard for all of us. I'm trying to bring that Dr. Wimberly energy. <laughs> um, this article that they wrote about her is super cute where she kind of just talks about like she knew she was going to be doing this for a year. She didn't want to get in a habit of like slacking off. Um with her church attendance so she's like i just gotta get dressed up and as if i'm going um and then they're interviewing her and she's like don't get too caught up on my outfits it's really about jesus which you know is a true if you grew it's like a true church (laughs) mother thing like ladies 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 don't matter how you look while they're dressed to the nines it is about jesus um uh i want to find her name This is going to bother me. Okay. Dr. Laverne Wimberly in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That is my bless. Uh, My other bless is Texas. The vaccine will be available to all adults um, by May 1st. So I'm very excited about, you know, the increased vaccinations. I just feel like we're getting closer and closer to full pre-pandemic life. So close. I hope. So close. Um, Okay. So my mess... Mm-mm-mm. It's, you know, it's some black community mess. Um, Derek Jackson, who um, <laughs> most people know as being like this guy that just like, you know, talks about relationships and like the kind of man that you need. And, um, you know, don't go for those, you know, other guys that just aren't so great. I mean, he's gone viral on Facebook. Then he moved over to Instagram and probably any other social media platform. So He's been very viral um, for his talks about women and the kind of men they need. Well, this week, it turns out that, you know, Mr. Derek um, stepped out on his wife. And um, 
his announcement about it was to also tell us about it in his new book, um, where he talks about the situation, which to me was a little bit problematic. And then he had his boo do this live video and... <laughs> Did you feel like he sprung it on her? I, I was like, no, I'm going to have to say he sprung it on her because I'm like, no, you didn't do that to sis. Like, she couldn't, you know... Anyway, so the point is that she just had a little, you know, hat on and she just, she just, he looked put together and she didn't look put together. And so I just felt like it was like telling a story um, about their situation. Um, and, you know, she got on there, you know, she's basically talking about how she, you know, forgives him and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that it happened a while ago. But my guy, why? why, why, why did you write this book and come out and talk about your affair? It just, it just, it, it feels very like, okay, so now like you're telling us and then people want to get like all the juicy, you know, the, the spill and then buy the book, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, and I, I guess it felt a little awkward to me because it feels like he's kind of profiting off of this woman's, I'm sure, yes. devastation and pain. Um, now, granted, yeah. they're married. I don't know their finances, but it just feels very like, invasive i think and then just with her appearance and her body language it was just like man i feel bad for her like i really did feel bad for her now granted if she's choosing to stay she wants to back her man girl do you um but it was just interesting because y'all be just be careful okay the very people you say you don't want to be like and I, i tweeted this this week you could become don't focus on everyone else. Just focus on yourself. Um, okay, so <laughs> that's that. And then my last thing, the mess. Oh, that was my mess. My bless, sorry. Um, you know, I am just going to say thank God. Thank you, God, for black women. Black women continue to fill my soul in friendship and word action deed in word I mean just all the things and black women of different ages I'm so grateful um for just the people that I'm around and I see and maybe even I glean from from afar um that are black women that are you know constantly encouraging me and so um and even praying for me and speaking you know life over me all of those things are so key and important I'm telling you if you don't have those people go find them um they are so important to have in your life and so um, that is what I'm going to say is my bless. Also, I love her. Her music has been like on repeat for me lately. So um, anyways, that is a wrap for me. And can, just to clarify, in case you're trying to find it, the artist's name is her, H-E-R. Yes. <laughs> so like that's what Faith is saying. Like she loves her music. <laughs> Yes, that's I just, what I'm saying. I would assume everybody is up on the culture. You're right. Like, you are you know, right. Because I'm just saying people, it. We, people, we have people of all ages, so we want to. We wanna, you know, we're trying to respect all demographics. Okay, <laughs> H dot E dot R. You'll find her um, wherever you listen to music. Anyways, so um, thanks for rocking <laughs> with us, y'all. Um, 
just so you know, over on um, Patreon, Catherine and I are going to do an episode on um, the Grammys. And so we'll be talking all about it and giving you our recap and thoughts. Um, so if you are not a Patreon subscriber, you should. Um, so that way you can join in on the convos with us and um, just see more of what we're talking about. We're going to do a lot more culture and all kind of different commentary over there. If you love what you're hearing right now, give us a review on iTunes. That helps more people to find us and find our podcast. So we would love if you shared your thoughts about the Melanated Faith podcast there and share it with your family and friends. And we will see you all next week.